0: You're listening to the Volleyball by Design podcast. Today, we are going to talk everything mental skills training, and we have a special guest who is not only an expert in this area, but works with our team as well. But before we get into that episode, I do want to let you know that for the last time of 2020, I'm offering my free online volleyball offensive workshop that I only run a few times a year. So if you're interested in getting your offense to the next level, learning and dialing in and being involved in everything, volleyball offense then you don't want to miss out on this free workshop on august 23rd and 24th you actually can pick a day it's the same workshop on both days where we're going to dial into everything offense in terms of volleyball so head on over to my either my instagram page brian singh underscore coach b or go out to coachbtraining.com and you can definitely get registered for that i'll also include it in the show notes as well Alright, so that's my free volleyball workshop, specifically on offense. I can't wait to see you inside the live training. Now, let's get back to the episode of Mental Skills Training. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Coach Brian Singh, and after 11 years coaching competitive volleyball and as a head coach of a college team, I've become obsessed with helping athletes and coaches improve their knowledge and skills of the game by teaching them how to train efficiently and effectively to ultimately reach their volleyball goals. I've created the Volleyball by Design podcast to give you simple, actionable, step by step strategies so you can get clarity and apply what you learn right away. This is the Volleyball by Design podcast. what's up ladies and gentlemen welcome to episode 10 of the volleyball by design podcast we got another special guest for you in here today who is going to talk everything about mental toughness and mental skills training so if this is something you've been interested Um, and learning about, and maybe, you know, working with your own game, whether you're a coach or a player, this is definitely the episode for you. All right. So this person I've worked with, um, for a couple of years now, and she's fantastic. We've had her on the bench during games. We've had her in practices. We've had her uh, talk to the team and, and she's not only, uh, she's had, she's not only helped our team, but helped a ton of varsity teams at the college that I coach at. So I'm very excited to welcome to the podcast for the very first time. Darshika uh, Netkunam. How are you doing?
1: Thanks Brian for having me. I'm doing great. I actually started my morning with a workout so I'm feeling high energy. Oh
0: that's dope. Oh great. Um, all right well hey, I'll tell you what let's um, let let's I mean for people who don't know who you are uh, kind of you know tell me about yourself tell me what you do your background you know anything you want uh, us to know about you.
1: Absolutely. So uh, my name is Tharshika and I, my entire background, education background has actually been in sport. Uh, So I did my undergrad um, in kinesiology. I then went to pursue a master's in performance counseling. Uh, So this is where I specialized and being able to work with athletes and actually any performance domain. So you take sport as a performance. I've been able to adapt this like counseling for physical activity, for employment, anyone who's just trying to excel in any performance. And so, but mostly learned a lot of of the tools and skills to work with um, athletes in sport. Um, and then I also did another master's, uh, a research one, uh, more focused in like applied sports psychology. So how do you motivate people to move? How do you get them um, to understand and feel confident about themselves while they're moving? Um, I have worked at Seneca as a mental skills coach, where I think I'm entering, I would be entering my fifth or sixth season, actually. Um, I started with one team um, and now I'm working with all teams at Seneca and facilitating mental skills training. So mental skills training looks like a variety of different things. It can be done in like one-on-one settings as well as group. Um, so in teams, like with workshops, um, and mental skills is all about, um, being aware of the relationships between your thoughts, emotion, and performance and learning tools to control those relationships so that you're in control of your game.
0: Oh, I like that. Yo, can you repeat that? That was great for my listeners out there. So that was basically what mental toughness and mental skills is in a sentence. Can you repeat that again?
1: Yeah, mental skills is all about being aware of the relationships between your thoughts, your feelings and your performance and learning tools to control those relationships so that you're in control of your game. So sometimes we may have unhelpful thoughts that kind of lurk into our, while we're performing or we're feeling unhelpful emotions. And when we're feeling those things, it can act as a barrier for us to actually perform at our best. So mental skills is about in the moment, in a game moment, how do we, play at our optimal zone, uh, by controlling those unhelpful thoughts and emotions so that we can control how we perform. Otherwise those unhelpful thoughts and emotions will translate in an unhelpful performance.
0: Wow. That's incredible. You know, it's funny. So when I, when I first, when you were first introduced to our team back at Seneca, me and our coaches were like, okay, listen, stop. We, we don't, <laughs> we don't need any mental skills training. We like, we're, 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 we're pretty good. Like, we, you know, we, we're. I, I, I was under the impression that, you know, I could, I, I'm more than capable of, you know, getting my guys in, in a mental state of mind to, you know, prepare and, and dominate at this game. And then, you know, that was, that was the immature and, and stupid myself, whatever. It, it was dumb. So anyways, long story short, I, we, we had a meeting as a coaching staff and we said, listen, we got to have Thursday could come in and just let's open our minds up. To this ideal of mental skills and mental toughness, because especially nowadays, you know, in 2020 going forward, this is becoming more of a, a serious thing that athletes and coaches have to deal with. We can't just deny that it doesn't exist. This is a factor that plays a huge role in the success of teams. So if, if you think that mental skills and mental toughness or mental training isn't something that you need to take into consideration and implement in your programming, you're completely wrong. You have to do it. And I remember when you came and you sat on the bench with us. So, so for my listeners, our very first opportunity to work with Arshika, she was on the bench with us at a game we invited her on and she was not only assessing our players, but she was assessing our coaches as well. And that was pretty cool because you got a chance to talk, talk to us about how our behavior impacted the game and impacted our players' performances. And then you got a chance to talk to the players about their behaviors as well and stuff like that. So uh, it opened my mind up to this whole new world of really what mental skills is, and um, and I'll tell you one thing for my listeners after the game when we we talked after the things that you told me about what, how my behavior affected the game I couldn't believe because I, I wasn't even aware that I was doing these things, uh, so I I found that really cool and um, and yeah like I'm excited to jump on and get some questions because that was pretty good. Yeah. All right, so the, the biggest one, the most common question that I get when it comes to you know the mental game is. How do you bounce back after committing an error, whether it's hitting error, a serve-receive error? You know, how do you just not think about the mistake you just made? What do you go through? Yeah. And, and to kind of tag onto that question, how do you maintain a positive mindset when things aren't going well? All right. So how do you do all of these things? So this it's a loaded question. So you got all the time in the world. Go ahead. Let's let's hear what how Absolutely, we Absolutely.
1: Yeah. These are very common questions. I think before I address these questions, let's set the stage with what mental toughness is, because it's mental toughness that's what's going to help you overcome a mistake or overcome an error and play every game with that positive mindset. So I'm going to give you the textbook definition of mental toughness and then my like one liner. So mental toughness is having the natural or developed psychological edge that enables you to generally cope better than your opponents with the many demands that sport places on a performer and specifically be more consistent and better than your opponents in remaining determined, confident and in control under pressure. So essentially, to be mentally tough, you need to be confident in tough moments, resilient in achieving your performance goals, and in control to stay focused. And how you do that is recognizing what's happening around you, having a goal to push yourself, and direction on what you need to do. So these three things, confidence, resilience, and control, is what makes up a mentally tough person. And these these three things is what you wanna be doing when you're faced with tough moments. So let's take the example of when you make a mistake. So making mistakes is very common um, in uh, in, in sport. And there's different ways of handling how you um, overcome or how you move through a mistake. We start every single game wanting to win. We don't start the game wanting to make a mistake. We start with that mindset. But things can happen throughout the game and that can lead to a mistake. What's key when you make a mistake is not the actual mistake, and what happened? You don't you don't want to spend time like identify like you don't want to spend time going over that mistake. What's key is what you do after the mistake is done, and right. that you could push yourself. It could be taking a break. It can be shifting a focus or having a goal. But the key is when the mistake is has happened it's done. There's nothing you can do to go back to change it. What you can do about your mistake is how you choose to react to it afterwards. Your mental game has two components to it. It has its its processes and its reactions. So your processes is is your strategy. It's the things your coaches are telling you. It's the things that you've practiced. And your reactions can stem from like your actual performance to also emotions and thoughts. And so in that moment when you're making a mistake, you want to your your reaction, your automatic reaction is to overthink, it's to ruminate, it's to, it's to, you know, maybe feel uh, feel unhelpful emotions. But you can change what's really like key about your mental game is you can change how you perform with how you think about it. And what's really important to know is that when you're performing in sport, there's like no time to like take a break. You can't just stop the game, you can't call a referee and be like, nope, sorry, I need time to oh, like think about my mistake. So what you do, and this is where a mentally tough person comes comes into play, is you you come prepared into the game with kind of like um, back pocket tools to help you shift your focus. The best way to overcome an unhelpful distraction, like a mistake, is actually to replace it with a helpful distraction. So oh, I... Yeah, because think about it, The every anything that's happening in your game, good or bad, are all basically distractions, but some of them are helpful, some of them are unhelpful. So how you replace this distraction of a mistake is replacing it with a helpful distraction of something that you can do. Um, and what's important or what will help you shift that focus is you have to come prepared knowing that. You know, like I said, we come into every game with the mindset to win, but we also need to come into every game with the mindset to be prepared to to perform to win. There's a difference when you're coming to win and when you're coming to, to, to stay winning, when you play to win. Um, and so you wanna come into, you wanna come into your game with some goals. And that's where resilience comes into play. Resilience is about being able to bounce back up from an from a, from a obstacle, from a mistake. And how you're able to bounce back up is that you have a reason to push yourself forward. And so when you come into a game prepared, you know, you, let's say you have a goal, let's say your reason to push yourself forward is, you know, you want to try to, I don't know, you know, give me an example of something that you want to do in volleyball, Brian.
0: Uh, Let's say you want to pass a 2.5 or better.
1: Okay. So you want to pass a 2.5 or better. So that's your goal. So when a mistake happens, Because you come prepared with this goal, you can shift your focus easier because you already know your direction, your purpose, what's going to help you get back up is that you want to get this 2.5. And so when a mistake comes, you have two choices. You can either focus on that mistake or you can focus on what you can do next. The game is not the time for you to think about that mistake. The game is a time for you to keep moving forward. And the only way you will overcome a mistake is if you have something to move forward to. So it's important that when you come into a game, yes, you got to do your stretches, but you also have to have your mental goals. What do you want to achieve in today's game? So if a mistake happens, if an unhelpful distraction comes up, you have something to shift your focus to.
0: Right. So let me see if I understand this correctly. Yeah. So basically, um, I love the fact that you said the mistake happened, which means you ha- you, there's nothing you can do, like you have to move on. So you talk about, you need to have before the game strategies that you can use. So when that mistake happens, you shift and go towards one of those strategies. So can you talk about what kind of strategies you can use that when a mistake happens, we go right into
1: uh, yes. So for very first thing is when a mistake happens, how you actually can decrease its power on you is you have to recognize you made a mistake. Oftentimes how, why mistakes kind of like loom over us is that we're like kind of in denial of like what just happened. So when you recognize like, okay, uh, that just happened, I made a poor move, what do I do? That question you ask yourself, like, what do I do next? That's what's going to be your prompt to get over that mistake. But if you don't accept that a mistake has happened and you're finding excuses for yourself, that's when the mistake takes over you. So to to decrease the mistake's power, recognize that a mistake just happened and ask yourself what I can do next. And so that next part, there are a couple of things that you can do, a couple of strategies you can have. So one is goal setting. Come into the game with a goal that you want to achieve and let that be your next step for any distraction that comes your way. Another uh, strategy you can have is taking a break. And this break, it doesn't mean like a a timeout break. It just means a reset for yourself. So what's really helpful is uh, breathing. Uh, Lots of research has shown that when you are focused on your breathing, you actually can change the tempo and the flow of what your body's experiencing. Even when you take one long inhale and exhale, you're actually resetting how your body feels. And you're now bringing yourself at a level where you can now logically think about, okay, what can I do next? And it just changes the flow, changes your pace. Another uh, great uh, uh, strategy you could also use is um, shifting your focus. So there's something that's very common. A lot of athletes use this called attentional cueing. And it's when you shift your focus from something unhelpful to a skill you are confident in. So this one is more a skill-based focus. So let's say you made a mistake. Instead of thinking about that mistake, focus on a skill that you're really good at. So it could be like your, it could be speed. It could be like a position. It can be whatever it is that you're good at. And the reason why you want to shift to something you're good at is that that will remind you and boost your own confidence and help you just kind of shift those feelings into a more positive direction.
0: Wow, that's really good. That's really good. I like, you know what? I like a couple of things. I like the fact that one, it's interesting that you said that when an athlete makes a mistake, they could be in denial. That's really cool. I, I, I never thought about that before, but you're absolutely right. Like sometimes, even as a coach, if I make a mistake, it's like, wait a minute, did, did I make a mistake? Like what? Or, and I, I don't, it takes me a while for me to accept that. And it, exactly. it's funny you make, you say that because it's like passing. I, when I think of passing, and I think if someone making a mistake and shanking a ball, the, the first thing they may do is look to the person beside them and say, wait, was that your ball? Exactly. Uh, and then they'll start t- figuring out why that happened and wait minute, and then instead of just saying listen own it accept it move on stop yeah. being in denial so volleyball players you can relate to this because how many of you have shanked a ball on a serve receive and the first thought was you look to your player beside you and and that is something that you're absolutely, we got to get over so we the faster you can accept it the, the faster you're going to recover from that whole moment and move on and be in a better mental state. And I like, I like the strategies you talked about too, because yeah, if you have um, a goal in mind that you can shift it, shift your focus to, or, and I, I like the, you know, focusing on something that you are really good at shifting, shifting that mindset um, that that's, that's solid. Uh, yeah. I really like that. So real quick, um, what were the three strategies to sum- summarize this answer?
1: So have a goal at the beginning okay. of the game and let that be your next step. Taking a break. So that I, I mentioned breathing, but taking a breathing, break that's also, what it was. Yeah. yeah, breathing, but it could also be like taking a water break. It can be a lot of athletes do the um, physical stimulation. So clapping your hands or slapping your thighs, just something to shake the rhythm of your body and just reset you. So it can, it can even be t- like t- uh, touching the back of your shoes. A lot of athletes do that. Um, and then shifting your focus to a skill you are good at. So something that you feel confident about, and these three things just break up your focus on the unhelpful distraction by uh, replacing it with a helpful distraction.
0: Wow, that's really good. Wow, that's really good. That that, that alone is worth this podcast episode alone because, <laughs> like that, like those three things, I guarantee you, there are so many athletes that don't don't even utilize any of them. Maybe one, but now you have multiple tools in your toolkit you can use. And you know, for coaches listening to this too, this is a conversation you need to have with your players and you need to make sure your players understand that they have strategies out there and you can start implementing, implementing these strategies ASAP to start getting better results. For sure. um, because yeah, it with, when, with our game, like with volleyball, it's such a momentum driven game and because every point is so valuable, there's extra pressure added, like we go to 25, so every point is worth four percent of your total goal. Four percent. In basketball, it's it's half that. It's not even it's way, way less than that. Right? You score two points, it's okay, fine, get back on defense. Right. Yeah. Volleyball, one point is four percent. You get you give the other team two or three points, wow, we're starting to get to a third or a fourth of the game is over. So these strategies and, and the mental game is so huge when it comes to our sport. Okay, so let's let's um let's do let's walk through an example. Now the most common type of uh, mental breakdown in a game is serve receive most common. Mm-hmm. So let's, let's take our athletes through, um, through the journey of you're an, let's say there's a passer on the court, whether, you know, libero left side, regardless, it, you, you're a passer on the court, you're in a game pressures on really, it's a really competitive game and you shank a ball. So you screw up that serve receive ball flies out. The other team gets a point, walk me through what this athlete should be doing right now
1: step one or the first thing the athlete's doing is recognizing they've made a mistake and how they feel you can totally say that like i just you know messed up i feel pissed great next ask yourself what do i want to do about that then you have your list of options of different strategies to use you can and all three strategies is about resetting having a goal i think is the greatest Um, will be your greatest drive, because that will help you push forward to continue to fight for that win and not let that mistake overcome you because you have something greater to work towards. So you've recognized how you feel and the mistake that you made. You've asked yourself, what can I do next? And you're refocusing on something you can do that's going to allow you to push forward because here's the thing in a game you just don't have the time to go through all those processes of like here's a mistake i made you know like what do i do you you know what to do and it's about practicing those things so you can't just take today's advice and go to tomorrow's game and think that you're going to implement it it doesn't work like that just like any new physical skill you learn you have to practice it so what i would encourage you to do to be in a position that i just described like to be able to. Uh, overcome that situation is simulate that kind of a setting in your practices or visualize yourself doing it. That's another really, uh, when we talk about mental preparation, there's really three things that you can do. Uh, One of those things is visualization and actually visualizing yourself in the situation that, you know, Brian just described with the strategies and the steps that I just described, doing those things. And what happens when you visualize is there's lots of science and research behind this is that you actually activate those muscles in your body, um, that you are visualizing. And wow. when you are activating those muscles, that turns into like the memory muscle. And so now when you go into a game, you're far more familiar uh, and likely to activate and go through that same process that you visualize.
0: Wow. That's great. That you said that was that, that was one. What was the other two?
1: Oh, uh, yes. So, visualization was one. That's yeah. during your, like, off time, uh, when you are, um, like, when you're, like, I call it, there's three different times. There's game time, transition time, and downtime. Wow. So, during downtime is when you would do visualizations and then create those simulations. Uh, during your transition time, so that's, like, in between sets or even maybe in between games if you're at a tournament. Mm-hmm. It's reflection and asking yourself, like, reflecting on things that you did well things that you couldn't have done better and what you can do for the next set and what you can do for the next uh, game. Mm-hmm. So when you do that in between a set or in between a game, you're, the outcome of that is that you're giving yourself a new goal to when you, in a new mindset when you go into that next set. Mm-hmm. So that's what you do for the transition time. And for game time, it's all about like, uh, uh, a performance routine. So that's like, basically like all the things that you would do when you are stretching and warming up, you just need to also make sure you have cues and you've gone over what your goals are for that game. Uh, sometimes I like to encourage athletes to have cues in their environment that just remind them of their, of their goal. So for example, like depending on the position that you play, maybe you're constantly staring on the right side of the net. So every time you look at that right side, pair that cue up with your goal. Or maybe when you look at your water bottle or when you look at your coach's clipboard. So when you're setting your game up, um, with these cues and reminders for your goals, you're also setting yourself up to be more successful and to have those winning performances. So cueing during game time, uh, reflecting during your transition times and visualizing during your downtime.
0: Oh, I like that. So off the court, you visualize on the court during sets you, um, Sorry, what was the drink sets?
1: You're reflecting. So you're, you're giving reflecting. yourself a new like goal or step to achieve.
0: And then what was the third one?
1: Cueing. Uh, so at the beginning queuing. of the game, you're identifying in your environment what's going to remind you of your goal.
0: Wow. Wow, that's great. Um, I forgot the question that led us to this whole thing. Oh, we're taking the, the the passer along the journey yeah. that, they, that they took. Uh, so these are a lot of different things you can do. So basically, you, t- you talked about they mess up. We have to refocus right away, accept it, refocus right away. Yeah. Um, and then after they refocus, what do they do then?
1: So action. So whatever it is that you've told yourself you're going to do, you put your energy towards that.
0: And then we move on.
1: And then you move forward.
0: And we move forward. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it.
1: The key is accepting, Brian. Like that's what a lot of players and like, you know, you mentioned the denial piece. Like it's so easy. And just think about any mistake you've made in your life, not just in sport. Once you accept that mistake, the power it has on you significantly decreases because there's no longer a conversation happening. Now all you have to do is think about what you're going to do next. But that's, that's where practice comes in is that you have to identify, like even in practices, I would encourage all players to like accept when they've made a mistake, like practice it then. So when you're in a game, it just flows.
0: Wow, that's good. Listen to my listeners that are listening to this. You're going to have to replay this and listen to this over and over again because it's a lot of good information and a ton of things that I want you to write down. So if you're driving right now, listening to this, when you get home or to your work or wherever, re-listen to this and write this stuff down because this is something that you need to be implementing in your practice ASAP. So that games become so much easier. Um, okay. Um, we're going to transition a little bit here, but th- like I kind of, I want, we could spend a long time just talking about like this alone. Sure. I mean, we don't have all day. So, but like, this is really good stuff. Okay. Uh, how, so how do we, let's say, you know, we, we're, we're implementing all these things or, you know, we're, we're trying our best to, but we have a player that has low confidence they just have low confidence like how do we help this player or if you or if you were a player with Mm -hmm. low confidence how can we deal with this how can we become better at at, or not having low confidence
1: so i'm going to talk about it in two different ways so um let's i'll talk about it as the player and then how do you help somebody like as a coach or like as a captain
0: oh i like this yeah yeah
1: yeah. so as a player there's there's three things that um you can that that needs to happen to build your confidence preparation Effort and character. Mm. preparation is all about just making this is like the work that you're putting into like the the, the not just the physical preparation but that mental preparation and it's about setting yourself uh, preparing for everything Um, so this can be like creating a performance plan it can, it can range but preparation just involves like setting that time aside to do the things that you need to do to perform at your best because when you are prepared no matter what it is like think about a presentation you, you've had yeah. to give it in front of a class right the more practice you have with that presentation the more confident you are to deliver it so that's the first thing you need to feel uh, to increase your confidence the second thing is effort and efforts not just showing up effort is being present and and being like giving a hundred percent participation and so when you give yourself a hundred percent participation in a practice and whether that's like with your coaches or on your own like you're doing your own workouts you will feel a lot better um, it will, it will give you that it will add to your confidence. So you're coming prepared, you're, you feel you're feeling confident with the material, let's say effort is like you're putting the work into it. And then when you're doing those two things, it just gives you like at reaffirmation of like that you can do it, that you're doing it well, because you go into a game, like think about a game or a presentation you've given where you felt really good after it, And maybe the results weren't like exactly where you, where it was at, where you wanted it to be, but you still left feeling good. Why did that happen? You were, that just shows like how confident you were. And that's because of the preparation you put into it and the effort that you showed that made you feel confident, even if the results, you know, didn't line up. And then obviously when the results do line up, that just boosts your confidence even more. And the third thing is character. This is all about attitude. Character often is shaped by like the values that the team comes up with. So as long as you're living your team values or even your own values that you set for your sport or for yourself, when you're living that, when you're being respectful, when you take pride in like how you engage in a practice, how you engage with others, that's what's going to make you feel good about yourself. Typically, folks who are like less confident, they don't feel very uh, familiar with the what what it is that they're trying to do they are not like they're they're giving 50 percent and they're not demonstrating the values that is expected of them but when you're doing these three things it will drastically boost your confidence and even if it's like you you leave feeling good about yourself in a game then you take that energy to the next game and then to the next game and then you start seeing what you put in also coming out
0: mm-hmm. that's good um So that, is that the same, I guess, you know what? That's the same for players and coaches. Like it's the same approach that you would take it. And it's funny because in episode two of the podcast, I actually talked about that confidence alone. And it's funny. I said the exact same thing about being prepared for a game or a match. And it's like, we talk about a game being an event and when you, when you have an event, there's a lot of processes that happen in place. So you're planning, you're pre-planning, you're scouting your films, your film, your, your everything. So the more you do that, the more prepared you're going to be for the event, the game. And in, in, by default, you're going to have yeah. more confidence because you're more prepared. But I like the analogy. I like that, you know, when you finish a presentation that went well, why did it go well? Well, yeah, yeah. How, cause you, you, were prepared hundred percent. Yeah. So, so that, that is that you, everything you said is absolutely a recipe for confidence. So I'm going to, I'm going to transition a little bit here. So you do all those things, right? Yeah. yeah you, you're prepared. What you're, you're, you're supposed to be confident. Okay. Yeah. Now. What happens if you have a player that doesn't believe in themselves? Yeah. You know, like so there's, there's a lot of times where, I don't know, think, th- things can be going great at one point and then they can be amazing and all of a sudden yeah. things don't go the way they wanted to and they stop believing in themselves or they just don't yeah. have that. I guess believing yourself and confidence kind of tie in yeah. In hand a little bit, uh, but maybe you could talk more specifically about, uh, talk to that player who does not believe in themselves right now.
1: Yeah. So I'm going to share a stat that like, will talk to this point, why it's so important to believe yourself. So over 50% of all performances are won or last before lost before the game even starts due to the athletes belief system. So the example that Brian's giving is so important because that can literally make or break a game from before it even starts. So what do you do? There is, there's a couple of things. And I think as a coach or as a captain, um, the other thing that I was going to talk about is that performance profiling. So what can often happens is like we lose motivation because things are just not going our way or like we have stopped putting effort in Mm -hmm. and we don't know how to prepare anymore. And then that's like impacting our attitude. So to help us put the effort back in, to feel more prepared and to start demonstrating those attitudes, we need to excite ourselves again. We need to find a a purpose and we need to find motivation. And so something that I I actually do with athletes and um, I encourage coaches to do is performance profiling. So what that is, is that you ask an athlete based on your position, based on the sport that you play, tell me 10 skills or up to 10 skills you need to do your job the athlete will list those 10 skills next you ask them on a scale of one to 10 where do you need to be for your uh for where do you need to be or where do you want to be for your team so typically most athletes will put 10 or nine you know they're, they're on they're benching on the high mark then you ask the athlete okay where do you see yourself right now so the athlete will be truthful and they'll put the, that number then you'll ask them okay so let's say Brian, tell me a skill that you need for a position. Let, let's, let's give an example. So give me a position in volleyball. Uh,
0: let's talk about left sides,
1: left side, okay, so what's, what's a skill that left sides need to be good in their game.
0: Uh, they need to be able to pass. They need to be able to serve. They need to be able to block. They need to be able to play defense. Okay. Um, oh, that was that, that that's good enough.
1: Yeah. I'm just going to take one. So let's take the play defense. So what level would you expect your left side to be at on a scale of one to 10? One being not great. 10 being excellent. 11. 11. Okay. So let's say a player comes to you, has very low confidence. They are at a three. So what I would do is that I would ask that player um, for this skill of playing defense. Why are you not a two? What makes you a three? And when you're doing that, the player is now thinking about their strengths, because if you ask a person with low confidence, what are you good at? They're not going to tell you what they're good at because they don't believe that But when you ask them to compare that to, okay, well, you chose a three, why not a two? Even if they chose one, why not a zero? What, what made you a one? What made you a three? Now you're going to have them list their own strengths. So you're reigniting their, their confidence and their motivation. Then you're going to ask them, okay, how can we get to four? What's one thing you can do to get you to a four? Now they're going to be thinking about a step that they can take. Great. Right under that skill, I would ask them to list out that step, um, what, what it is that they can do. So like, what's a step, Ryan, that you could do to help you be a better, like one step to move you to like a four to be a better defense?
0: Um, re- oh, one thing. Um, I was going to say reading, but that's like a whole other problem. Um, sure, reading.
1: Okay, great. So reading is the next step. I would then take the athlete and ask them to create a goal. What can you, what goal can you set yourself for every practice, every game that will help you work on reading? And so we'll, we'll talk through what a goal could be. It could even be like at every game, you know, I, I like to ask athletes to have numbers. So quantify your goals at least three times. I'm going to think about reading. I'm going to, I'm going to have a strategic reading plan. Um, and then when you're doing this, they're now working on something that's going to, that they feel confident about, that they know that's going to get them to that one step higher. They're re-motivated. They feel good about themselves because they just listed strengths and they're going they now have something in a game to drive their motivation and when and you would do this for like a bunch of the skills and athletes could pick one or two that goals that they want to focus on but what you're doing with this performance performance profiling is you're first of all you have not told the athlete anything this is all athlete driven. The athlete self identified their strengths. They're self identifying their next steps. They're creating their goals. And you have now just empowered them to do that. And through this conversation, this process with them, they are feeling, they will feel a bit more uh, re motivated. And then when they're, and they have now purpose because that's what happens, right? When, a, when you have a low confident player, they've lost their purpose. They don't know what they're doing anymore. So they don't put effort and they don't know how to prepare. Now you've given them something to prepare for something to put effort in. And that's going to translate in their character, in the values that they start to demonstrate.
0: Wow. Okay. <laughs> wow. I wasn't expecting an answer like that. That's like, that's amazing. You know, what I love, I love that. I love the fact that you, you, when you let the athlete grade themselves and they talk about like, they, obviously they're going to grade themselves poorly, but they'll probably say like a three or a four, but then you immediately say, well, why are you a three? Why aren't you a two or a one or a zero? Because right there, that means they have strengths and they're going to self-identify those strengths and that in itself can lead to them believing in themselves. That is brilliant. I, I never, just shared
1: a trade secret with you all. So. That
0: is brilliant. Like I didn't even think about that. Like it's so true, and without even realizing it, like I'm just thinking about myself doing this. If I wasn't confident, or if I didn't believe in myself with a certain skill, whatever it is, I'm probably gonna put myself at a three or a four, which means I know how to do something, right?
1: Exactly. And the
0: fact that I now can relate to that, think about it, you know, have that with me, that will give me confidence and make myself, you know, believe myself to kind of go forward. And now, and then, you, and then you talked about the steps that you can take to go forward. Exactly yeah wow, you should write a book. This is great <laughs> listen, my listeners, you guys are getting some great, great stuff here, and it's up to you to to put into practice because like just just all the stuff we've talked about like if you if you started making one change in your in your game today, like one change as a player or coach, you can significantly affect your team now we have imagine you've made two or three changes yeah. and you started making this part of your programming, oh yeah, this is. Wow. This is great. Okay. Um, I, I'm still in awe about like, <laughs> re, like, uh, the fact that you could give yourself a three and that self-identified strengths by default. Like, that's yep. pretty cool. That's crazy. Uh, all right. So I, I think you, you kind of touched on this already, um, but I, I guess this is more specific. Um, what, what can you do mentally to prepare for a gamer practice? Like what kind of things can strategies, maybe you've already talked about them. So you could just, you know, give a refresher, but you know, specifically for a game or a practice, what can we do to get mentally prepared?
1: Great question. So I, this was something that I mentioned earlier. So remember the game time, transition time, downtime. Uh, So it kind of summarizing like the different tools that you could uh, be using. So remember visualizing is super key. That's the huge part of mental preparation is to be able to see yourself in how you want to succeed Um, a lot of the things that you're doing you need to like i would even consider like in have a so sorry i'm going all over the place here but so downtime is visualize 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 let's focus on game time so game time starts from the minute that you wake up so when you wake up you need to be in that winning mindset how i talk about mindset is like a snapchat filter so you open snapchat you take a picture, you can put through a bunch of filters. You have one filter that you know is your go-to and you look flawless in. Then you have another filter that you know maybe distorts your images. But the actual picture you're taking is the same in, in each of those filters. It's just how you choose to look at it is what makes it different. So if you look at a Snapchat filter, like your mindset, you can have your flawless filter on and that can be your winning mindset or you can, you know, shift it. Or you know, sometimes it can happen. You shift it, and it, it's the losing mindset, and that's the unattractive filter. That's the distorted one. So, but the actual image doesn't change. It's how you look at it that changes. So you have to wake up every morning and swipe on that winning filter. And to do that, you need to know what that winning filter looks like, thinks like, and feels like. When you do that, then you then you know how to be mentally prepared and perform in that day so that starts the minute you wake up so if you know on game day you need to wake up by seven because that's just what you do and you need to have a carb loaded breakfast because that's just what you need then you need to repeat that you know what your best filter is on snapchat because you've looked through it so many times and you can pick it out you got to do that with your with with your own mindset to have that winning mindset like you got to set yourself up and you got to know exactly what that What to, what to do, uh, how to move, how to think, how to feel. And so what I encourage a lot of athletes to do is like take the time that you're commuting, that you're getting to your game to get you into that mindset. Music, music plays a huge role in your mental preparation. You wanna be listening and watching things that are gonna get you in that right, um, right mindset. Then when you're at the game, the minute you've touched the court, your game has started. It's the attitude that you bring in, that character piece we talked about with confidence, that's going to help you uh, uh, be more mentally prepared. Um, and so again, the things that you visualize during your downtime, you want to turn into a goal during game time. Uh, you want to set your environment up, so ident- identify things that are going on in the game that are going to be your cues and your reminders of your goal, and start your game with a goal in mind. Tell yourself what you're going to achieve. So I'm going to try to uh, get that, I think, 2.5 that you said. That's my goal. I'm going to read. I'm going to try to get three great readings in today's in today's game. And you know what's so great about setting a goal is when you set a progressive goal, that if you end up achieving that goal, great. Guess what? Add more. Add more layers to that. So you already achieved your three great readings. You're going to add three more. Let, and what's also good about having the goal is that even if you didn't achieve all three goals, like you didn't achieve, like you didn't read three effectively three times, the fact that you spent the entire game doing that means that you were performing, that you're playing with that winning mindset. You didn't switch those filters. Right. So all of those things is what you, essentially what you need to do is just like when you wake up that day, you got to know what your winning mindset looks like, feels like, and thinks like once you've described that and you know what you need to do, then you're, it's automatically going to prepare you.
0: Right. Yo, that's crazy. That's great. Yeah. Like I love the Snapchat filter analogy. That's really, that's really something special. Um, Okay. Have I asked you, I don't know if I've asked you this, uh, cause you've, there's just so much we talked about um, yeah. and it's all great stuff, but did we talk about how to maintain a positive mindset when things aren't going well in a game?
1: no but i think the the snapchat analogy would be the um kind of would be my answer right it's about like knowing what your winning mindset is so you come like with the mistakes question like you come to a game to win you don't come to make a mistake so you come to the game with that flawless filter with your winning filter on and so what's so great with that is that if you have that filter on sometimes you know by accident you you swipe the wrong filter but guess what you can Unswipe it. You can swipe it to that winning filter. The only way you can do that is if you know what that think feels and looks like. I give the example of like you go to a shoe store, you don't, you, you go to the shoe store knowing your size and knowing maybe the color or the type of shoe that you want. But -hmm. if you went to the shoe store without knowing your size and without knowing the style you're looking for, you're going to spend hours and hours trying to find the right shoe because you've got to fit it. But if you go with that right, uh, but you if you know those criteria that you're looking for, it makes that process to find the shoe easier because you know the size, you know what you're looking for. Same thing in a game, as long as you know what your winning mindset, what that positive mindset looks like for you, when you lose it, because you already know what it's like, it's easy for you to go back to. And it's also easier for you to start. With the tone that you start a game with can have a huge impact on the rest of that game.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: if you're starting at a 100%, Even if you go down a little bit, like mistakes happen, as long as you know what that 100% looks like, you can go back to it easier. Where athletes um, struggle is if they don't start the game with that and they don't know how to get to that point in a game. So again, this is all practice. In your practices, when you're working out, like, I would even visualize yourself like putting a mental filter on and like making everything look flawless for you um or even like i would take a i would i actually encourage athletes to use the snapchat analogy and take a picture of yourself in your winning in your flawless filter Mm. and then let that be the the thing that sets your uh stage and tone of your positive mindset
0: wow that's cool i love it okay let's the 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 last thing we'll do here We'll, we'll do i like i like examples and my listeners like examples too, so let's go through and whether you're a coach or a player let's say you're we're in a comp- we're in a tough game we're you know th- we're we're competing, they're competing, and all of a sudden we lose a point, then we lose two in a row, then we lose three in a row then yeah. that that team just went on a four oh run and in volleyball, a four oh run is huge, yeah, and the momentum's all on their side yeah. you know everything, uh, the game's not going well for you, yeah. like, all that, like, what do we do as a team, as a player, as a coach, as an individual, what do we do to, to combat that when the other team has all the momentum and you just went, you just lost four points in a row.
1: Yeah. First step, recognize what has just, recognize and accept what has just happened. Then when you're recognizing, accepting, then take a strategy to help you reset yourself. So I would do a take a break, deep breathing or a refocusing strategy. The mindset that I asked you to visualize is if it depends, like if this is like you're able to go on a timeout and you're rehuddling, remind yourself of that mindset like you know just how easy it is to like you know flip through um flip through filters on on snapchat you need to flip through that within your in your team huddle you need to bring remind your team of what it is of like how you play when you're in your best because those are just when you remind your team of that there are triggers to then bring you back to that remember i talked about queuing to yeah. remind you of that confidence to remind you of what your what your goal is what you're driven for Because the thing is in a game, like you have to, like I told you, your mental game is half processes and half reactions. So you have to find the right reaction to even if like, like losing four points in a row. Yeah, that's not a great feeling, but it's just not the time and to think about you know why that's happened, or that that it's happening. It's you gotta think about what you can do next. How do you react? How do you respond to that? And when you're doing that, when you're encouraging each other, and you come to the game prepared to talk about like how you build yourself back up. So you talk about that mind- a positive mindset and the goal to reignite your purpose. It will just refuel you. Um, that's the best way to describe of like how you take that situation, and then afterwards you have to reflect on it. After the game is done, then you break it down. Then you talk about it, and you
0: learn from it that's interesting actually I never you know what you, you kind of made me have an idea I don't I don't strategize for going four points down right away I, I don't actually have a strategy in place for what, what, what what's gonna happen if we get served off the court four points consecutively what do I do I, I just I just in the moment I see it happen and I, I either call a timeout or yeah. you know or, or I, I try to motivate them they try to motivate each other but we don't it's that's that's a good point yeah. so you have to have a strategy for a situation like what happens if you go down four points in a row and that all comes back to what you talked about before your visualization, your queuing, you know, all exactly. that other stuff. Because if you have those strategies in place, you know, when moments like these happen, well, now we have an answer. And now yeah. we can just move to those things and, and do it. Yeah. That's, that's great. Wow. Like we've, we've talked about a ton of things in, in this episode and it's, Listen, listen, listeners, you got to go back and, and re-listen to this because even myself, like having this conversation, I'm going to, I'm going to go back and, and re-listen to this a couple of times because I'm going to take a ton of strategies out of this and apply it yeah. to my team right away. Well, actually, you're probably going to apply it to my yeah. team, right away, but, but, but nevertheless, I, I, I need to know this. So, um, wow, wow, that's great. And you know, it's funny, it sounds like you came prepared for this interview too, uh, and <laughs>
1: A hundred percent. Like if I could add one more thing about that preparation piece, like Brian, you made up a good point about like having that strategy, right? You know, when we go for an interview, think about an interview that you do for a job. You prepare your interview answers. You try to anticipate what's going to happen. Where things like take a surprise is that you, it, you're you like thrown for a left field. Like you, you had no idea like that was coming. But if you're prepared for potential mistakes or potential obstacles, you're prepared for that. When it happens, you can actually like Brian, you know, Brian, like you just said, like you can go back to the preparation you did. Remember those three things you need to build confidence, preparation, effort, and attitude. So if you've prepared, if you visualize yourself in different scenarios, then you also know the strategy to implement when you're in those, in those situations.
0: And visualize that curveball that they throw at you. Yeah. Or that, you know, hail Mary question or whatever the case is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I that, you know, that's something I haven't really thought about. And I, I don't, I mean, I have strategies, you know, to win and to do certain things. And I know my, I know the team we're going to play against. We have a scouting report. We do all that stuff. Um, but ha- now that I think to myself, do I have a strategy in, in the event that we go down four or five points in a row? Like what yeah. is my, that, that's more of an in-game decision, but now yeah. maybe I should take a step back and actually plan, plan a strategy for every situ Well, many of the situations that could happen, such as they go on a serving run. That's a popular yeah. thing that happens. Right? Maybe another popular thing is, um, are, we're committing too many errors? Maybe we're committing too many hitting errors in a row, or, or maybe serve or receive. We, you know, we've we've shanked three or four balls, and like these are all yeah. things that are common. So if we have a strategy for that, both coaches and players, yeah, we can one hundred percent improve our productivity and results on the court just by doing that. And that has, you know, it's crazy. That has nothing to do with practice, like physical skill based practice. When mm-hmm. it comes to our game, it has everything to do with mental and the mental skills training, like you talked about. Wow, Tharshika, this is crazy. Like, this is, this, this is great, great stuff. Um, listen, I knew this episode was gonna be good, but I mean, like, I didn't know that I was gonna take so much away from it too. I mean, working with you, I thought I knew a little bit about it, but yeah, yeah. I, I, I have a lot to learn. Um, okay, so do you have, uh, have any final words that um, you wanna say to my listeners?
1: Every, I I believe everyone has the skills to be mentally tough. You just need to have those strategies and recognize um, what you need to do to get mental toughness. All you need to be mentally tough is have confidence. How you get confidence is knowing what's happening and what you're good at. Resilience. How do you bounce back? Give yourself something to push forward to and control. You can't control what happened, what just happened, but you can control what you do next. And that's what matters in sport it's every move you take to move your game forward
0: Wow listen you guys got a special episode today I hope you can uh, hey you asked for you guys asked for a mental uh, a mental session or a mental skill session and I brought one of the best people I know um, to do it and Thank you Brandon. yeah we're, we're so lucky to have you on, on this pod um, so if uh, is there a, I, I asked you this before but I can't remember there's is there, there's no way to work with you uh, unless you, unless you are part of the, a, a Seneca team, but I, maybe I'll let you answer. For people that are interested in finding mm-hmm. out more, working with you, I don't know whatever the case is.
1: Yeah. So, uh, at this time I'm only working with Seneca, but if you are interested, you can, uh, look me up on the Canadian sports psychology association. Um, this is the governing body for everyone who in Canada anyways, to work as a mental skills coach. And you can contact me through that to the Canadian um, sports psychology association.
0: Okay. We'll definitely link it up in the show notes for anyone who's interested in, you know, diving into more mental, which by the way, everybody should be interested in, improving their mental skills training without a doubt and who better yet to help them with than than you i mean you be, i mean if you listen to this episode you know yeah. you know how much value you're gonna get uh working with our Sheik. so i mean I, I can only hope that more people reach out to work with you i'm yeah. lucky that i get to work with you so i I'm,
1: thank I'm okay you
0: Brian. yeah no problem so hey listen thank you so much for tuning in uh for joining us today i really appreciate it i hope our listeners got a lot out of it and again if you want to uh, i'm gonna look it up in the show notes um to contact uh, tharsheek if you want more information about this and and the great thing about this stuff is you don't need to be in the gym you can be anywhere around the world and you may you have mm-hmm. like we have like I, I mentioned we have over 50 countries listening in so who knows where you might get requests from um, so that's <laughs> great so i appreciate your time thanks a lot and we'll um uh we'll talk later to our listeners all right thanks a lot guys
1: thank you everyone
0: all right cue the music look are you at the stage you want to be in your volleyball journey how would it feel to get clarity on your training and instead of taking months to get better you could improve in weeks if not days when i was a young coach and player i felt this way all the time the truth is after i got some great advice on how to be efficient my learning curve grew exponentially